was fun to just stop and think about yesterday. I got up super early. My uh, oldest daughter had her first job interview at 7 in the morning on Saturday. So I took her out for breakfast, right? And anybody been to Mill Creek Cafe? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, if you get the pancake, it's good. All right? So I start off with a pancake for breakfast. It's fantastic. Then um, right after that, I went home and we Skyped Lynn Geese. Lynn was our foreign exchange student who lived with us a few years ago. So we hopped on Skype, and isn't it amazing? I love technology where we're talking to this girl that we love so much on the other side of the world. Of course, the connection was bad, right? So we kept missing her and we couldn't hear, but it was so good to be able to be with her. And then Caleb had a soccer game. It was a good game because he won, right? So that was cool. But also he plays defense, and the goalie got sucked out of the goal, and a dude took a shot at it, and Caleb came flying out of nowhere as a defender and kicked it out and kept the goal from scoring. It was a good play. It was awesome. So then I jump home, and I do some yard work, right? And you get done with yard work, right? And it just feels good because it looks good. But then we had a bunch of stuff that wasn't working at our home. Faucets were leaking, and uh, other plumbing was plugged up, and our gas tank wasn't working on our grill. So I have a, a good friend, right, who actually knows what he's doing. He popped over, and he gave up his afternoon to help uh, make our house finally functionable. And that's good. That's a good guy. And then Mariah had a banquet last night. She comes out of her room in this beautiful dress. And I mean, immediately all I can say is, man, Mariah, you look good. But most importantly, she went with a good guy. <laughs> okay, now that's what we're talking about. As soon as that was over, then we had the 50 plus barbecue or barbecue uh, potluck that happened last night right here at K2. And as soon as we walked in the room, immediately Susie and I were like, man, what a good group of people. Just Amazing. And then last night, I finally got to go. This is crazy to me, 52 years, and I've never been to a rugby game. So I went to my first rugby match last night. And it was so cool because one of our own, Lane Smith, senior here, was on the team, and they won the state championship yesterday, which was so cool. By the way, third championship in a row, 48th win in a row. That is what you call a good team, right? All right. So it's good. Now, we use that phrase all the time. In fact, I've been already, I've probably said it 50 times today, right? Hey, how you doing this morning? Good. Right? We just say good. If anybody goes fine, you're like, okay, what's wrong? Right? Because we just have this good thing. But when something is good, it's interesting. If you actually look up the definition, it's like really long. It's an absolute interesting term because it's so multifaceted. But when I took it off, I was going to boil it down. When something is actually good, it brings pleasure and productivity. It brings pleasure like a good pancake. It brings productivity like a good team. It's productive and it's pleasurable. It gives blessing and it brings a benefit. Anytime something is good, if you say it's good, it's blessed you somehow and it brings a benefit. And so today, what we're going to look at is how does, if Jesus Christ, because God is good, right? And we call him good. So if Jesus Christ is living inside of us, what type of effect would we actually be having in our neighborhood? All right? So here we go. Acts chapter 10, verse 37. It says, Peter says, you know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Now, this is really interesting because, again, um, so if you're checking out what Christianity is, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say this a million times. It's so important. We'll get to it even later again today. It's not about trying to be good or following a bunch of religious rules. A Christian is simply someone who's received Christ into their life. And when you did, you actually get the Holy Spirit. Your spirit gets joined with God's spirit. So one time we were separated from God and we're down here trying to live life to the full. But then, and that's not good, being separated from God. But then through Christ, he goes, I've actually reconciled you to God. So I just want to say again, you can go to church you can try to be a good person. You can be uber religious and totally miss out on what it is to know Jesus. What it is to know Jesus is this. You actually receive the Holy Spirit and you receive a spiritual power that you didn't have before. So he goes, you guys know about Jesus. He goes, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went around what? Doing good. And he healed some people, too, right? Which is pretty supernatural. But I, I almost wanted to stop it there because this is what we need to understand. This message for me, I've been in ministry 30 years. And what I'm going to share with you guys today, it almost, I've never, I don't know if I've ever just talked about this. Because it seems so like, well, of course. But it shouldn't just be, well, of course, because as you're going to see here, this is actually pretty profound, <laughs> When he explains who Jesus was, he goes, you know Jesus? He was filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. So what did he do? Good stuff. He just went around and he did good. And he healed people because God was with him. Well, even healing is what? I mean, healing means something's broken. Something's wrong. Something's actually bad. And so what Jesus said is, I'm bringing the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom of God comes in, it makes things right. So if something, man, if any of you have ever been sick and all of a sudden you're restored, it brings pleasure. It's productive. It's a blessing and a benefit. So Jesus did good. So if Jesus did good, just went around doing good, and now he's in you. And now he's in you. That's what Christianity is. The spirit of Christ is in you. Look at this. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. Now I have probably quoted this verse in these 12 years here at K2, more than any other verse. Be my guess. It'd be interesting to know. I think this may be the one I've quoted the most. Why? Because look at it. It says, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that nobody can boast. The reason we've had to share this so much is because too many people believe that I'm going to get saved, or in other words, I'm going to enter heaven, I'm going to get in a relationship with God by showing how good I am. I'm going to do enough good stuff. I'm going to do a lot of works. But he goes right here. It's, can you go back just one, back to seven and eight real quick? That is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift from God. It's not from yourselves. That's so important, man. This is, why, this is where Christianity is completely different than any other religion. Every other religion says you have to do good stuff to get God's favor. And Christianity says you didn't have to do squat. I love you so much that I'll actually save you by grace. I'm going to just give you a free gift, and you just have to believe in it. That's so cool. But what happens when you receive the gift? 
Now we go to verse 10, and it says, for we are God's handy work. So as soon as you receive Christ, God gives you his spirit, and then he goes to work inside of you, created in Christ Jesus. So there it is. Again, what Christianity is, is this mystery we talked about last week of Christ in you. It's a spiritual reality of God's presence inside of you. So God, as soon as you receive him, God goes to work, his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good. To do good. So for all of us, this is so important. So no, good work does not save you. No, good works does not save you. But yes, once you're saved and reconciled to God, and filled with the Spirit, you do good stuff. Because <laughs> now he's living inside of you. He's transformed you. He saved you. What does that mean? Literally, he's saving you from yourself. Because to, when we're consumed with ourselves, man, we are not thinking about God. We're not thinking about others. And everything falls apart. <laughs> Every relationship falls apart. So God says, I'm going to save you from that. And now I'm going to go to work inside of you. And you will do good. The way things are. They do not need to be. And here's what's great, you guys. Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, went around doing good. You, follower of Christ, are filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. So you can go around doing good. You can bring pleasure. You can bring productivity. You can bring blessing. You can bring benefit. I mean, that's when I watch that story... See, that's what they did, man. They just went into a neighborhood with what they had, and they just blessed all these little girls. I don't know about you, but the first time I watched that, when they were dancing in that performance, couldn't you see their pride? Couldn't you see their faces just shining like, I matter. I'm doing something beautiful, and people care. I mean, how awesome is that? It's in every single one of you in this room to go around and do good. So Galatians 6 says this. Don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Destruction is not good. <laughs> okay? Destruction is bad. What's the flesh? It's the word that's used for your selfish nature. Every time you feed or sow to please your selfish nature, when it's about you, it will lead to destruction. Every addiction we have, everything that we're doing that you really don't want to do came because you sowed a seed to feed your flesh, to feed yourself. But, he goes, whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. That's good. And you guys remember, eternal life doesn't mean you just get to go to heaven. Eternal life starts right now. Because when you sow to please the Spirit, that means the Spirit of God and you start living in sync with each other. That means you get God's presence every moment of every day. And now his joy and his peace and his righteousness is a part of you. You reap eternal life. Now here's the key. Look at this. this I, 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 had, I don't know if I've ever put these two together. I've, I've always thought about, yeah, I know, like, don't, you, you're going to reap what you sow. Don't sow to flesh. So, but look at how he describes sowing to the Spirit. In verse 9, he says, Let us not become weary in doing good. So apparently, every time you decide to do something good, you sow to please the Spirit. 
the Spirit of God and your spirit join together, and it reaps eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. So let's keep doing good. Now here's what's reap. He goes, because if you do, you're going to reap eternal life. Well, who gets eternal life? Well, the person you just did the good thing to, right? They just got blessed, and they just got a benefit. They just somehow receive pleasure and productivity in their life. But not only them, every time you do a good thing, you reap eternal life. You finally get freedom from yourself. You finally get filled with joy. You finally get filled with the peace of God. This whole idea about finding your identity and who you were made to be, God has wired every one of you in this room to do something with who he's made you to be. Now, here's what's interesting. A little side note. Um, this last year, I spent a lot of time in the book of Revelation, right? And um, just for my own personal time. And there was a theme in here that had never really popped out to me like it did this time. And here's the theme. For those of you guys who haven't read the, read the book of Revelation, don't start there, okay? <laughs> um, very interesting book. Um, but for those of you who had, at the beginning, there's these churches that Jesus speaks to. And every church he talks to, you know what he says? He says, I've seen your deeds. I've seen your deeds. He goes, I've seen what you do. And I've seen what you don't do. I thought it was really interesting that Jesus didn't go, I see what you believe. I know what you believe. You know what he said? He goes, I see your deeds. And then, later on, throughout the whole uh, uh, time, in this book of Revelation, he talks about, that we're going to be judged for what we do. Look at this. He says, I'm coming soon, Jesus says. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Not to what you said. <laughs> it's actually what you do. Now, you know why this is? Because the Bible tells us that faith, what you believe, without action, without doing something, is what? It's dead. So really what he's saying is, here's how I know that you, what you actually believe, this is just true. You actually do what you believe. You just do. Now, you might not do what you think. <laughs> you, might, you might have some things, ideas of what you think is right, but you do what you believe. So through this whole book of Revelation, it's just interesting. Jesus went around doing good stuff. And then we receive Christ, and God goes to work inside of us so that we'll do good stuff. And then he says, hey, so to please the Spirit. How? Don't become weary in doing good stuff. <laughs> Just do good stuff. Now, super important again, in the book of Revelation, there's two books. One is the book of life. You know how your name gets in the book of life? You know how you get into heaven forever? By receiving the gift of God's salvation through Jesus Christ. Period. You don't do one thing to get in heaven but trust Christ. But then there's another book, and that's the one that has everything that we did. And that's where the reward comes. So you guys, so if Jesus, he, just, he wants you to live life to the full again. And life to the full is helping bring the kingdom of God onto this planet. That's what Jesus said all the time. The way of God, he goes, I'm ushering the way of God in. And it's setting people free. And it's bringing them peace and it's bringing love. And then he taught us, when you pray, pray our Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So his will can be done. <laughs> so 
What does it mean? How are we going to impact our neighborhood? We're going to do some good stuff. All right? So then, where am I? Forgot my notes. All right, here we go. So then he says, therefore, in this verse, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Interesting. Because of the eternal life that we have, therefore, do good to all people, but especially to the, those who are believers. So you guys, what did we talk about last week? The glory in the church. And what would make K2 glorious? It's if we love each other and serve each other, right? It's if we love each other and serve each other. Do you guys remember the definition, right, of each other? It's when, when each person does something to and for the other members. <laughs> so again, can I, don't raise your hand on this one, but here my application for you guys last week was to drive here this morning and actually be praying, remember, and asking God, God, fill me with your love. Give me one person to love today. Don't answer, don't raise your hand. Did anybody do that, though? Did you, did you shift from thinking, what am I going to get out of this hour, to, God, how can I love each other? How can I do something to and for somebody else this morning? Because that's the glory of Christ. We do good to each other. You know, and that's what's going on right now, right? So the blessing, you are right now, you're receiving the blessing and the benefit of this service. Again, because somebody's watching your kid, and somebody's holding your baby, and somebody made you your coffee, and somebody performed the worship, and somebody, somebody did something for you. And so there's blessing, and there's benefit. There's productivity happening today, and there's pleasure. So I just want to remind you, who are you doing that for? That's what the Spirit of God does inside of you if you're following Christ. And we want to invite you into the life where streams of living water flow from within you instead of getting stuck inside of you. And that's what Jesus does for us, all right? But then he says, for all people. Do good to all people. So who are the people in your neighborhood? Now, how many of you immediately thought of the song from Sesame Street as soon as I said that? <laughs> right? Who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood. Come on. In your neighborhood, who are the people in your neighborhood? They're the people that you meet walking down the street. They're the people that you meet each day. There you go. You guys didn't know the art was going to get really good, did you? So who are they, though? That's a... How are you going to make an impact in, the, in your neighbor? Who is it? All people, they're just the people that you meet each day. And yes, there's, there's, here's what's interesting. There's a lot of good people in the world who, are, who do good things, who don't even follow Christ, but they still do good things that benefit others and bless others. But here's what I want to say. But it should always be the hallmark of one who's filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is alive in you, you will do good stuff. So 1 Timothy says this. It says, so then command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. For in this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a full, firm foundation for the coming age so that you can take hold of the life that's truly life. Now, you guys, and, and notice this word, 
It says command them. So here's my job, right? I'm your pastor, and I'm trying to teach you today. And so there are times when the Greek verb is very clearly not a suggestion. Okay? Now, again, if you're checking out Christianity, you can do whatever you want. But if you're a follower of Jesus today, this makes it pretty clear. Jesus has a command for you. Do good (laughs) and be rich in good deeds. And then he goes on, he says, and be generous and willing to share. And by the way, you guys did, man, these last two weeks, right? We had some students come up and share the need to be able to go to camp and how kids aren't able to go. You guys did good. You actually gave to our youth ministry $12,000. Unbelievable. Now, and, and what's so cool is next year, you're going to be able to see the kid get up on stage and go, I never thought I was going to be able to camp. There was no way I could have even considered going. And now you, they got to go. And guess what? They're going to be blessed. There's going to be a benefit. There's going to be pleasure and productivity. See, and that's why he says, take hold of the life that's truly life. How, I mean, I just go, how do you want to live? Do you want to bless other people? Do you want to benefit other people? Yes. This world needs this so bad. So lastly, let me just describe this in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. This is just really quick. Very, very key Old Testament verse, though. It says, God has shown you, O oh mortal, what is good. Why do I know what good is? He's shown you. And what does the Lord require of you? Isn't that interesting? There's the word again. I require something of those that I live in. What is it? Do act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. That's what's good. And this is what Jesus, who's our Lord and Savior, who's living inside of us, is saying. He goes, I just want you to do justice. I just want you to love kindness. I want you to walk with me. I want you to walk humbly with me. Act justly, literally, the Hebrew means do justice. What's justice? Justice is just what's right or fair. You guys, very simply, treat people equally. When justice is happening, everyone is treated equally. You know what's so cool about God? Why does he say to do this? Because he loves every person on this planet the same. There's not one person he loves any more than another. So again, if his spirit then gets inside of you, What should it be doing? It should be creating a heart that actually cares about justice, that cares about fairness, that cares about everybody. So what's a good thing that you might be able to do in your neighborhood is anytime you see inequality, fight against it. All right? So if someone's being treated unfairly, step in. Do something. If someone doesn't have the same opportunity, do something. If somebody is oppressed, You do something. You do justice. Okay? So everyone in your neighborhood, followers of Christ, you bless them. Secondly, he says love mercy. Now, to be honest with you, the Hebrew is love kindness. It just means kindness. It's actually for everybody. But when someone's in need, it looks like mercy. Mercy is when you actually do something for somebody because they can't do it for themselves. If you love kindness and you're kind towards everybody, then when someone's in need, you'll actually do something about it. But it's not just people in need. It's everybody. 
Just love kindness. And then he says, and walk humbly with me. I love this. Here's what I require of you guys. Walk out of these doors today with me. And when you walk with me, walk humbly. The Hebrew word means submissive. What's that mean? It just means I'll do whatever you tell me to do. God, I'll do whatever you, I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's all it is. You know what Jesus said? He goes, I don't do anything <laughs> on my own. But whatever the Father tells me to do, I do it. See, he walked humbly with his Father, and then God's stuff got done. God's stuff gets done. So Colossians 1.10 says this. Live a life worthy of the Lord Jesus. If Jesus is in you and you call yourself a Christian, because you are, then live a life worthy of that name and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. And then you'll grow in the knowledge of God. So here's what I want to tell you. Yes, anybody can do a good thing. But in that verse, it says, please him by bearing fruit in every good work. You know how you please God? He says, by faith. You just trust him. You do whatever he tells you to do. That's what Alyssa did. All Alyssa did was get a prompting from God to take this gift of dance and to go into a neighborhood and start blessing kids, and so she did. You guys, you know right now, like the only reason we have street crew, our ministry to the homeless, is because one guy was reading the scripture and he felt like God laid it on his heart, go do good to the poor downtown. Turned into a whole minute. You know why we're in Swaziland? <laughs> we're in Swaziland because one person saw that there was a need that needed to take place in, an, in a foreign country and felt God prompting her to say, we need to do something about that. And now a whole, a whole area has been completely changed. They've been blessed, and they're benefiting. Last service, John Vreek caught me right before the service. John's been here at K K K2 for years, and he's worked with our youth ministry for the longest time. You know what he's doing? He and his wife are moving to Colorado. So they don't know how to follow the Spirit, but that's okay. No, no they're moving to Colorado. You know why? Because they purchased 10 acres of land because the burden on John's heart is teenagers who have no family. And what John and his wife do is they bring people in. And now he's going to move and make this happen. Why? Because God put a prompting in his heart. Can I tell you this? Here's, here's, here's what I know. We're all different. We all live in different neighborhoods. We all have different spheres of influences. But here's what's true. If Jesus is in you, he's going to prompt you to do something good. He is. So, couple applications here. Number one, this Saturday, um, Jason Dunn, our executive pastor, and myself, we, are, we just want to give you three hours to equip you and to pour into you, literally to do good. We actually wanted to call it Life on Life. And we just have some training and some equipping that we want to give you, because that's what we're here. That's our mission statement, is to invite you into the adventure of following God and to equip you. So man, if you're free and if you need childcare, you need to RSVP. You only need to RSVP if you need childcare, but you have to do that so we can make sure that we have the right number of workers, okay? But man, if you're free this Saturday, join us from one to four, and we're going to equip you into how to be this blessing and how to make an impact, okay, in your neighborhood. Secondly, we're celebrating, man. Here's another thing. We, we showed you this, this trailer right here. Um, 
This is ours. This is K2's. Eric Winter, our director of outreach. This, we put this together to serve single parents and to, and to serve widows. And so there it is. It is absolutely chuck full of everything that you need if you ever want to bless somebody who's in need. And, and, and any of you can use it. All right? Well, we had a group. Go ahead. You got to go through these things quickly. We had a group. This was a, a widow's uh, home. There was a gal in our church. Her mom's a, a, an elderly widow with a yard that's just an absolute mess. There's no way she should, could do anything about it. So a group from Celebrate Recovery, which meets here on Monday nights, they got together, and here they are, and they're kicking it out. And here's the rest of the story. The way things are, they do not need to be. Isn't that cool? And so that's that new yard. Keep going. There we go. And these pictures, unbelievable. And you guys have no idea, right? How much would that bless an elderly woman who has to go home every day and look at a yard that she can't do anything about it? But we love kindness. <laughs> we love mercy. And so you do something that helps people. Please use this thing. It's here for you to be a blessing into the community. All right? And now I'd love to bring up Heather Thorsonson. Uh, Heather and Jim were up on stage just a few uh, months ago sharing with us about their call to foster care. So here's another good thing that they did. So they brought this sweet little girl into their home. But now I would love for you to share with everybody the rest of the story. So um, our foster daughter, Natalia, was placed with us in October. And we were really excited. I think we came and spoke just after we'd gotten her, maybe in November. But in December, we actually were asked by her worker if we would consider adopting her. Um, she'd actually been in foster care for about 16 months at that point because we were her third placement. And, um, and after a little bit of shock because we'd only have her three months, with really no hesitation, we said yes. So we um, actually adopted Natalia this last Tuesday on the 9th. Yeah. And she looks like me. I know. It's like a birth child. You found. I know. But seriously, look at that picture, you guys. See, this is good. This is, this is doing justice when you see something that's not fair. And it's not fair for a child to have to be in a foster care for 16 months to not have parents. So God prompts Heather and Jim because the Spirit of God lives inside you guys, moves in them to do good. And now that sweet little girl has a family. This is how it works, man. It's just, it's just unbelievable. So, Heather, why don't you share real quick, because when you decide to do foster care, it's a big deal, and you really do need an army of support around you. So why don't you share a little bit of how that happened for you? Yeah, um, even from the beginning when we decided to take classes, we realized every week we needed childcare for four to five hours, and that was a pretty big undertaking. We had family that helped us with that. And in fact, I have a sister in Colorado that has been pursuing the idea of foster care and wanting to take classes, and she is unable to find childcare on a regular basis for her kids, so they haven't been able to take the classes yet. So that's been a big part of it, is just having people help with our kids and then also having people help Natalia. We've had friends pick her up from school because her schedule is a little different than my kids' schedule. And um, we've had people donate furniture. We've had people bring us meals when we first got her um, and clothes. We actually have had a ton of support from our family and also our church family and our friends. We've been really blessed to be just surrounded by people that are trying to support our efforts in this. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much, man. You guys are living the dream, the life. <laughs> man, you guys give them one more applause. Thanks so much, Heather. Thank you. 